1: The idea of designated, designating the third Monday of January as Blue Monday began as a way to market vacations, but it took off because there is something real behind it, and the depths of winter can be depressing, although the weather has been pretty good here so far. It's the pandemic that is taking many of us to the end of our tethers, and it's worst for many older people who live alone and hesitate to go out even for the few allowable activities. So I want to know how you're feeling and how you're doing and, and what you do to combat, uh, you know, feelings of loneliness, of isolation, of just feeling tired of all of this.
2: Got to work, lack of sleep.
1: Okay. Well, I hope that's starting to put you all in a better mood. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And now I am joined by Dr. Steve Jordans, a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto, Scarborough and psychologist, Dr. Sam Claritch. Hey, thank you so much for being with us.
2: Thank you for having me, Libby. Great to be here, Libby.
1: Okay, let us begin with Dr. Jordans. I'm I'm assuming that whatever you normally see in in January, seasonal affective disorder letdown after the holidays is much amplified this year.
3: Well, I mean it, it's hard to get our Pause on the actual statistics and know exactly what's going on, given the COVID situation that's, that's here as well. But certainly with the spirit of Blue Monday, where somebody tried to figure out, you know, how, what's the time of year when everything, the worst of everything is kind of coming together. And now to add that to to a pandemic, for sure. I mean, it, it is the case, the pandemic has also bred a whole lot of anxiety. Um, and, and so we're seeing certainly anxiety that, that is very common, but depression is the thing we really worry about because it's the potentially more dangerous one. So it's certainly something we have to be watching carefully.
1: Dr. Claridge? Yes, hi. Uh, do you agree, is depression, is there, just in terms of your own practice, are you seeing an increase in depression, and is it is it the most worrisome thing?
2: Um, I'm certainly worrisome. There's anxiety, there's marital problems, agitation, poor sleeping, poor eating. Some people overeat, some people undereat. Um, and when people do get depressed, I think we need to realize that in most situations, and in fact, most depressions uh, are situational in order, which means that we can um, sort of um, sort of try and bring about some change, both in our thinking and in our doing, that'll make life easier. Although certainly, uh, th- uh, the mood of depression uh, can be a very very serious problem. But at the same time, we can have a handle on it. We can take some measures to try and uh, uh, try and relieve it.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Jordan's, what are some of those measures? Well, I mean,
4: there's
3: there's very simple ones. Um, there are things like you led the show with music, um, a little bit of blues. Uh, quite literally, if if people have uh, a playlist of music from better times in their life, from when they went on that trip to Mexico, from you know various nice memories they have, music has a really powerful way of bringing us temporarily, at least into a, a better mind state and, and then making us feel good. The other really critical thing during COVID is, you know, often our number one reaction to any negative emotion is to reach out to other human beings. And, and COVID has made that hard. And you mentioned at the beginning that, you know, some people might not be going out. Um, not, physically being close to somebody does not mean we shouldn't be socially close and and in fact we should. Uh, What a lot of people have to be doing now is much more intentionally scheduling social interactions literally having times in the day maybe when you reach out to people you love and spend a bit of time on the phone with them and connect with people, because those things, those, those social connections, are the more enduring. Like just knowing people are there and they care can have a really strong effect on on us in terms of helping us kind of cope with all of the challenges we're facing now.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm glad you s- said the phone because I I've, I've got to say and and I'm very fortunate. I come to work still. There are people I actually see every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when And and I do some of those Zoom calls, but I find them kind of exhausting. Yeah. I'd rather just talk on the phone to somebody. You know, the, don't have the, to comb my hair. Yeah,
3: the thing I like to mention about the phone, it's got two aspects that are really great. One, we actually pay attention to the person. Once we stick the phone to our ear, we actually listen to what the person is saying. Whereas on a Zoom, we're always sort of half attending, and they can tell. Uh, and they can tell especially in terms of the second important thing, which is, What's really important in a conversation, it's less about the words and it's more about the nonverbals. If if I'm telling you a story and saying, hey, I was down at the lake and there were these young people and they walked right at me, if you just go, Huh, oh, that sound tells me you've been there, you know what that feels like. That is so annoying. That's too bad that I had to go go through that. You felt that with me. Uh, those non are what really connect us, and the phone gives us those nonverbals in such a clear way. Uh, and so, yeah, that's why I say, pick up the phone. Let's rediscover it.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's take a call from Charlene in Toronto. Hi, Charlene. Hi. How are you doing? Ah, uh, fine. I am doing fine. But
5: this this lockdown has been. Very hard psychologically on me. Um, it's caused a lot of situational anxiety and having problems sleeping, which magnifies the anxiety, you know. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm stuck here. I want to be at work. There's not a lot of work out there right now. I am doing a small job for somebody, but it's not enough work. But I'm very socially connected to people. I have a lot of friends. I have a boyfriend. I'm in touch with a woman I used to work for a couple about three years ago, and we emailed, and we went on Google Hangout or whatever to talk. So that's fine, and I have interests, like I'm busy watching, um, I don't know, movies, TV shows, like Little House on the Prairie, which is great if you're in this situation, and um, I am a Barbie collector, so I'm busy with that hobby, but it, this is terrible. I mean, I feel like I'm in jail right now. I want to get out. I want to go places, and my friend is the same thing. We can't get together. I can't see my boyfriend. I want this thing to end already.
1: You know. I'm 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 going to uh let the doctors respond if they have um uh suggestions for you and um yeah. Dr. Claridge, I mean yeah, I heard see, the sleep yes. thing.
2: Let me offer this. Okay. Simply talking on the phone with people, simply doing a few things different is not going to work.
5: No, you're right.
2: Because we know that. Simply yeah. getting on a, having a conversation with someone and Uh, that's just temporary. What we need to pay attention to is our greatest weapon, our greatest ally, and also can defeat us if we don't pay attention to it. It's called our mind. What may be important is to write down on a piece of paper things that you can tell yourself. One, this pandemic will pass. Two, I'm gonna live my life with a glass half full, not a glass half empty. Three, I'm not alone. I'm struggling, but so is, I mean, so are most people on this planet right now struggling. But I can get through this. I've gotten through other terrible things in my life, yeah. and I'm going to get through this as well. This pandemic is not going to last forever. And it's statements like that, not positive statements. But realistic, um, reality-based statements that we can practice, that we can sort of repeat to ourselves, and we need to remind ourselves, and certainly the other behavioral things like getting on the phone with friends and family, and maybe doing some exercise, which is also uh, tends to elevate mood, is also valuable. But what's most valuable is that we shift our thinking, shift our thinking so that we realize that this isn't going to go away overnight. We're not going to be able to see people so quickly. But it's not the end of the world. Things will get better. There's enough professional people working on this. There's enough experts working on this. And as a, I mean, as a country, as a city, as a town, whatever, we're going to get through this. We need to remind our, uh, ourselves of that each and every day. There's no question of that.
1: Charlene, thanks for your call, and you okay. take care. All right. Bye. 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 Uh, Dr. Jordan's. I mean, uh, one of the things that uh, that Sam just talked about sort of uh, made me think about this very intentional idea of practicing gratitude. We all have things. Uh, we can be grateful for. Charlene has people in her life, yep. uh, even if she can't see them now. Um, how important is that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, all, all of those ideas are, are absolutely uh, important. And, and one of the ways you can kind of get there in a sort of shortcut, I guess, a little bit, or at least this works for me, is to, to think about some of the past generations in our families. Uh, we're all, you know, just about everyone came to Canada in some sort of immigration story. My parents, for example, were... Uh, living in Holland during Nazi occupation as as young children, and when we think back to some of those stories and we realize you know what was that like they couldn 't go outside either. well, they could, but it was very dangerous if they went outside they didn 't know when this was going to end. It was full of all sorts of food insecurities and other hardships uh, and If you meet anybody that went through that like my parents. They came out of it almost with an, with an enhanced appreciation of some very simple things in life. So A, they got through it, and it was worse than what we have. Uh, and B, when they got through it, they emerged with a different perspective on, on what's valuable in their life. As, you know, as as the doctor just said, we are going to get through this. We have an advantage over people like that. We kind of know when it's going to end. It's going to end, sort of summer fall, uh, by next Christmas. We can already be imagining and planning great Christmas um, gatherings for for next Christmas, and sort of using that as fuel. So we know it's going to end, and we know when we come out. You know, she's going to appreciate that time with her boyfriend and she's going to appreciate being able to go on a deck with her friends. And all of those great experiences wait for her. Um, We just have to buckle down for a while to get to that great place. Uh, And and so having that image in mind for context at least helps me.
1: Uh, Dr. Clarich, you know, um, Dr. Jordans was talking about his parents' experiences in the war. Uh, Things like that, I mean, there's also this question of resilience,
2: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, we can certainly sort of examine the past, talk to people who have experienced that and how they've come through it. Some people, I mean, some of the younger generations can't fully appreciate that. But I mean, what resilience really means is um, the ability to uh, experience, say, a trauma or um, or something uh, terribly negative and use all the resources that we have, both our mind and our actions and behaviors, to figure out a way to get through it. And by thinking differently and by acting differently, we develop and expand upon our resilience. And that's what I think this is all about. I mean, it's really testing humanity in a way that humanity hasn't been tested in such a long, long time. And, um, I mean, I can assure you that most people will get through this. There will be people that will fall by the wayside who may be too anxious, may be too, uh, may be too depressed, and may have to be treated. Um, but I have a feeling that most people will figure out a way, use the resources that they have, To get through this. And then, um, I mean, as the other doctor said, um, come the fall, um, hopefully things will be under control to the point where we can reestablish our lives and um, and experience
4: the joy that we previously experienced.
1: Okay, let's take a call from Barry in North York. Hi, Barry.
4: Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon.
4: I have three little positive things to add to this. Great. Number one is a video call. I did a video call on New Year's Eve with my niece and my nephew-in-law and the two dogs. And even the dog was saying, Oh, where's Barry? What's that? Oh, he was getting excited, wagging his tail, as was almost as if I was there. And she gave me a complete tour of her house, showed me what she had for Christmas. I felt like I could just jump right into the video and be there. It was great. And the other thing is, singing not only is good for That's you, a great idea. I beg your pardon?
1: That's a great idea.
4: Yeah, not only I I realized I found out the other day. Singing is not only good for your mental health kind of thing, puts you in a good mood, but it's also good for your physical health. Apparently, it lowers your blood pressure. It does a lot of really good things for your physical health. Yes. And uh, and our church has actually put out an emotional re- resilience course, and it's wonderful. It deals with overcoming anger, sadness, depression, all sorts of stuff. It's a fitting, fitting course for this particular um, time, what we're going through for sure. And, and I'm
1: sure there are there are lots of resources online if uh if they haven't come out from from your particular community well uh, and and funny you mention uh, singing the the last two fridays on our free for all friday program we've had two different people i must say with excellent voices who called in and sang
4: yes especially that person that made up the song about um about what was it COVID or something? I forget what it was, but it was wonderful. <laughs> she had a beautiful voice and it was very creative.
1: Absolutely. Barry, thanks for your call. Yes. I think if
3: I could like ju- jump in on this Libby quick. So so we already mentioned sort of exercise and and singing. Um you throw With that dancing and laughter, um, those are all activities that release positive endorphins into our bodies, and and the stress is releasing cortisol. And so it's the cortisol that really brings us down, the chronic stress if we have it too long, all of those other activities combat that. So they don't just take your mind away from what's going on. They actually are doing physical good, just like negative stress is doing physical bad. So yeah, one of my favorite recommendations to people is on your smartphone, there's probably karaoke. That you can, and if you and your family have like Wednesday night karaoke and you sing and laugh and dance, that is a fantastic mental health break from everything we're going through now.
1: We are talking about your mental health today and the things that you can do that we can all do to boost it because. Wow. You know, it's the third Monday in January, which is rumored to be the most depressing day of the year. And even though that was a thing to market vacations, uh, we really can't go on vacations now. It's going to be a while. And uh, never mind Blue Monday, the thing that is really getting most of us down is COVID. We just have a new stay-at-home order, making things even more difficult. This is particularly hard on people who live alone. It's particularly hard on older people or people with pre-existing conditions who are hesitant to leave their homes, even for things they're allowed to leave their homes for. So um, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And uh, Dr. Jordans, what about exercise, it's so important, but how do you convince people who maybe are not convinced or you know, it's hard to get going.
3: It, it, it always is hard to get going. And, and the, you know, everybody wants real payoffs, real quick, et cetera. I, I think, you know, the important thing for people to understand right now is it's aerobic exercise, especially, that's good. Typically, that's defined as having your heart beat above um, your normal level for 20, at least 20 minutes or more, or at least three times a week. Um, so if if you can work that in, it really causes positive mood. I mean, it really makes you feel better. We don't even totally understand why it makes you feel better. There's, I guess, a lot of oxygen-rich blood going around. But certainly, this is something we've known for a long time. And, you know, along with other basics like getting a good night's sleep, kind of structuring your day, having a schedule to your day, and, of course, eating well. If you can get those components in place, you are giving your body and your mind the best possible chance of, of coping with the kinds of things we all have to cope with now.
1: And, Dr. Claridge, I've seen studies that say that being in nature helps. That means walking outside. I, you know, I have to confess, during the winter, I don't love being outside. I do go, but... Uh, yeah, and the
2: walking outside is, I mean, it's important. I mean, it's another form of exercise. I mean, it doesn't have to be intense, but the intense exercise helps with, with the cortisol. I mean, when there's cortisol in the bloodstream. It produces plaque, which narrows the arteries. And, and um, presumably, exercise and diet plays a role in, um, in actually removing some of that plaque so the arteries aren't blocked, and then, we don't, and then we're not subject to all the ailments that we can be subject to if we don't remove that plaque. So there's the hook. We really have to pay attention to not getting stressed. And with that, we also have to pay attention to not being so impatient. People want things today. They want things over with today. They want to get on with life today. They want their relationships to return today. It's not going to happen so quick, However, there's this expression, one day at a time. We need to understand, and again, we need to write this down. I'm going to live my life one day at a time. I'm going to try and figure out little ways to enjoy myself. Uh, And it's been been referenced already. uh, The going for walks in nature, listening to music, uh, the karaoke. I mean, I'm a big karaoke fan. I used to go down to karaoke every Friday night. But now I don't go down there anymore. So I mean, I'll do it at home. I mean, there are things on the screen that we can pick up. And we can sing and It's fantastic. But all these little behaviors also have to go hand in hand with a new approach and a new patience and a new tolerance and a new view of things until things get back to reasonably normal.
1: Okay, let's uh, take a quick call from Joy and Markham. Hello, Joy. Hey, Libby, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, you know,
6: I am uh, working in the nursing home that, you know, I've, spoke of before on your show, and I'm still working, age 77, still going strong. Um, Yes, the pandemic has taken a great toll on everyone, both mentally, physically, and all of the above. But my suggestion is, which is working for me, I live alone. I don't, I'm not in a relationship, so... Yeah, that can be uh, a stress factor. Um, but my uh, advice is, um, I listen to uh, Stingray Easy Listening on the television. They're a combination of different music that you can listen to. And I find that music really calm my soul. I play uh, my radio 24-7, which is off of my bedroom. But um, I would definitely recommend that people tune into music you can learn dance steps if you like to dance you know and I'm happy I'm so glad that I'm able to rise up every day and to celebrate the day and keep moving oh. so that's my um, tip for the day
1: thanks thanks joy Thank you Libby and thanks let's for go to Michael. call you're welcome let's go to Evie in Toronto hi Evie hi um, that woman that
7: was just on before. Yep. Sounds great. Uh, but I just wanted to say that if you, you can give all the tips, you can tell everything you can do and sure these things help. And I know music is a, a big one, but I wish people who are giving advice would acknowledge, just stop and acknowledge that it is very hard when you are on your own I don't know if this gentleman on the phone that's talking is on his own but a lot of people usually have you know families around them but when you're just by yourself it's hard to get into exercise it's hard it's just just getting up in the morning getting dressed and you know putting on makeup whatever that is a major accomplishment I just wish people would say yes it must be really hard and then go on but because it isn't that that easy
1: to do all those things i i totally agree with you uh we're almost out of time evie so rather than me talking i'm going to give dr claridge and dr jordan's uh the last word so um thank you Libby, responding to you thanks for your call evie and take care and uh okay let's end with that uh dr claridge what do you say to evie
2: i say she's right on however and this may sound corny no one ever said that it was going to be easy. No one ever said that it wasn't going to be tough. No one ever said that this is going to be a piece of cake or a walk in the park. It's not. It's as tough as hell. There's no question about it. On the other hand, we have resources that we can use, and we've got to continue to use them. And I think that's what's been talked about here. Pick something that will work for you. It may, it may work today, may not work tomorrow. Pick something else tomorrow. But it's one day at a time, using your, your mind to work for you, and pick out actions and behaviors that you can engage in, no matter what it is, and we'll get through it together. We're all going to get through this together.
1: Okay, Dr.
3: Jordans. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, I hear what she's saying, and, and phrases like we're going to get through it together, you know, can sound empty to somebody who doesn't feel like there's much of it together. And so we, we are born social animals. You know, We like no other animal, we need each other uh, to survive and, and to thrive. And that's what's been really nasty about COVID. It's really kind of hit a outside our heart of humanity by making it really difficult to socially connect. So yes, I hear you and and you're 100% right. It is very difficult. This is a time when though I would say you have to still have those social interactions. You're just going to have to plan them a little bit more and, and literally schedule connections all through your day to kind of make it feel like you used to run into people when you were out walking. You know, it used to happen organically. Now you have to do it in a more premeditated way. Um, So so everything the other doctor is saying is right. It is tough. We got to fight through it. But that's if that's where you're really getting hit at the loneliness level, and that is a really tough place to be. Then you really need to find ways to connect with other people. There are other people who would love to be talking with you as well. Um, If you can seek those people out, you'll be doing each other a great service. Just you know, we used to have pen pals. Have have some phone pals as we get through here to help you get through until we're on the other side.
1: Okay. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Sam Claret and Dr. Steve Jordans. And that is all the time we have for today.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.